Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Do you want to start a show, Mark? Sure, I'll start for once. All right, I'm ready whenever. Okay. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Today is about tick bites. Ooh, one of my favorites. I know. You know, it's true. We always remember when... Let me start over again. Hello, everybody. Welcome... I'm oh my God. All right. I'll start. Jesus. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Dr. Chris Kelly. And I'm Dr. Mark Eisenberg. And this is Am I Dying? A conversational podcast about your symptoms and what to do next. Hey, everyone. Today we are talking about tick bites. Just one more reason to avoid the outdoors in the summer, right, Mark? <laughs> what are the outdoors? Anyway, actually, it's true. You always remember to bring, you know, sunscreen, a water bottle, and trail mix when you go on a hike. But should you also bring antibiotics in case you get a tick bite? Trail mix is actually not that healthy, Mark. And I'm surprised as a cardiologist that you would recommend something like that. Is it? Does that explain why I just put on five pounds after a weekend of hiking? <laughs> yeah. I, the fact that you came back from the mountains calorie positive may have something to do with that bag of salted nuts and M&Ms you just <laughs> lugged with you the entire time. Well, maybe maybe I weigh more because of all those ticks that are <laughs> latched onto me. <laughs> Somehow that seems less likely to me. <laughs> but anyway, I, I just – I have this – nightmare occasionally most people this would be a dream but for me it's a nightmare that somebody has invited me to their house uh, on the coast maybe cape cod if we're feeling really textbook and i'm just wandering through the tall grass and i come out on the other side on the beach and it's absolutely beautiful the air is crisp the waves are crashing the sand is white and i have a red circular rash on my leg and then like a target lesion you mean i wake up in a cold sweat and my wife was like at the beach again weren't you this, this this is the life that I have to live as a doctor. Tick bites can be very serious. We all know that ticks are blood-sucking parasites that can make your life miserable. Like billing specialists. <laughs> or your ex. Yeah, so ticks. So I think that everybody is familiar with ticks hiding in the woods, hiding under leaves, hiding in grasses, a bunch of ticks out there. Mm-hmm. And I think most people appreciate that ticks are – are often a problem, carry diseases, and, and can cause long-term issues. But what is the practical takeaway? What, what can we do to actually prevent tick bites from happening? Well, first of all, uh, you should check yourself if you're going outside every day and you have an animal, a dog, you should check yourself and your dog to see if there are any ticks on your body. You know, So it's pretty easy to check me because I'm relatively hairless, at least compared to a dog. Uh, but, but how do you it, check your dog for ticks? I think you could just play with your dog, can't you? And just feel their body and see if you feel any big lumps. So that's it. All I have to do is just run my fingers through Would their hair once. Would it kill you to pet your it? dog once in a while? <laughs> hey, I need affection too. This is, should not just be a one-way relationship. <laughs> I'm not sure you do though. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I 
have always had long hair dogs and checking them for ticks takes forever because you've got to like part the hair all over the entire body. Okay. It's then forget your dog. Check yourself for ticks. A, because process. Yeah. Basically we're all worried about Lyme disease and we all know that Lyme disease is the most common tick-borne disease in the United States and Europe. Um, and uh, it can really have disastrous uh, health effects on you. And do you recommend, Mark, checking your body for ticks every time you go out? Or this is just when you're wandering in the woods? I, I think the best time to check yourself for ticks, obviously, is when you take a shower. You know, mm. So, you know, clearly certain areas are more endemic with these specific ticks, which we can get to their name, which is fascinating. Um, you know, these ticks that actually give you the Lyme disease um, – or the uh, bacteria that causes Lyme disease. But when you're in the shower, just, you know, check your body. Make sure you don't actually have a tick that's lingering on you. Rotate your head 180 degrees and look over your back and all Obviously. That kind of but it's not only just checking yourself for ticks. You should be checking yourself for uh, rashes. So right. we'll get to that, you know. Uh, but basically the Lyme disease rash that's very common is something that looks like a target, you know. Um, okay. So let's say I'm, I'm in the shower enjoying myself. I look down and egads, there's a tick. I think it's a tick. I, I don't know. Some black thing stuck onto my skin. Um, what should it, you do? Yeah. You light a match to your skin. You douse it with salt. Yeah. When you light yourself on fire, that usually gets rid of the tick. <laughs> is no, is self-immolation the best solution <laughs> to a tick bite? <laughs> anyway, uh, if you do find a tick on yourself, you should get a you know a set of tweezers. Uh, and you should grab it close to your skin as you can, and you should try to pull it off. Don't crush the tick. Do not burn the tick, Chris. I know you have a thing for matches, but just mm. basically get tweezers, grab it as close to your body, and uh, try to gently pull it off. Also, and save the tick because you might actually want to send the tick to see if it's uh, the type of tick that can actually cause uh, the you know, uh, Lyme disease. Now, let's say you pull off the tick, and I don't know, it looks like a hungry tick. It looks like a pretty small thing. Does the fatness or size of the tick at the time of its removal have any impact on the likelihood of your having contracted a disease? That's a great question, and definitely uh, it is uh, very relevant. Uh, it turns out that um, a tick really needs to be on your – and actually, it, it turns out that a lot of people who might actually notice a rash for Lyme disease later on – never even remember having a tick because it turns out the tick stays on your body, sucks out the blood. And then after, you know, two to three days actually just flips off it when they're full. But the tick really needs to be on your body for an, about 48 hours for it to actually infect you with the bacteria hmm. um, that causes Lyme disease. So if the tick, if you notice a tick's on you and it wasn't there an hour ago and you fling it off, the likelihood of you catching anything serious is very, very low. Or as you would make it sound, if you know that it wasn't there 24 hours ago, you're still mm -hmm. probably in the clear, correct? Totally, yeah. Okay, so maybe I will start checking myself a little more regularly. Maybe if you showered more maybe, regularly, maybe that just would showering daily would be a good first step. Mm. So, okay, so I'm going in the woods. I'm going to check myself daily. I'm going to wear socks and long sleeves, I guess, if I'm trudging in the forest. And sunblock. Never forget sunblock. And sunblock, naturally. Uh, so let's say that it's just been one of those weeks and I can't be 100% certain that that tick wasn't there mm -hmm. a day ago or two days ago. It's in some inconspicuous spot in my hair that I really mm -hmm. just 
didn't check and my wife spots it sitting on the couch. Uh, we pull it off. We stick it in a bag. What do we do now? Do I need antibiotics? Do I send it to the CDC? Do I track down Dr. Fauci himself and have him take a look at the tick? Yeah. Does everyone want his cell phone number? Yeah, go ahead, Mark. Share it with the nice people. Yeah. So the question is whether you should actually take a single dose of something called doxycycline, which is an antibiotic. Uh, obviously, you don't take it if you're allergic to any of the uh, antibiotics like doxycycline. The question is whether you need to take a single dose of doxycycline if you notice a tick by, uh, tick on your body. And, you know, uh, first of all, you could always uh, go to the CDC website uh, and look up the recommendations because they sometimes change. But um, the rule of thumb is if you could actually identify the tick, and it's a tick that's called the Ixodes tick, uh, you can actually go on the website and they'll show you pictures. And you can try to see if it looks like looks like that particular tick that has like these black legs. Um, if, it's, if it's a tick that looks like the Ixodes tick uh, and it's been on your body for 36 hours or you're not sure how, how long – uh, it's been on your body. Then if you could, within 72 hours of the tick removal, take one dose of doxycycline, it's pretty reasonable. Have you ever had to do that? Uh, no, actually. But a lot of my patients call me and they say um, that, you know, they are in an area that, um, you know, the CDC has deemed has 20% of the ticks are actually have the bacteria that cause Lyme disease and they actually noticed a tick on them. But then the tick, you know, they pulled it off and lost a tick. Then, you know, depending on if they have any other, uh, you know, allergies or side effects to uh, other medications, I might call in a, a, a one dose of doxycycline. Is there any part of the country where people just do not have to worry about Lyme disease at all? Yeah. I mean, if you go on the CDC website, they actually map out where in the country it has Lyme disease, the East Coast, especially like Cape Cod uh, and the West Coast. But if you're in a part that actually has no, you know, no uh, cases of Lyme disease, uh, then you don't, you know, Probably you don't even you're not even listening to this podcast segment if you <laughs> can you tell the nice people why it's this disease is named for my favorite type of citrus? Uh, because it was actually discovered in Lyme, Connecticut. Is that right? Yes. L Y M E Connecticut. Yeah. Yes. That's not so... how you spell Lyme, like lime and lemon? <laughs> no, it's not it's not Sprite disease or guacamole disease. It's L Y M E Lyme Connecticut disease. <laughs> And it's funny enough because I don't know why they do this. You'd think they'd have caught on by now. But anytime there's a question on a medical board's exam about Lyme disease, it will always begin with somebody in Cape Cod. And any question about Cape Cod, there's basically a 100% chance that the answer is Lyme disease. Oh, I know. I don't read the whole paragraph. I just put Lyme disease. <laughs> so once you see Cape Cod, just circle Lyme disease on the bottom. And <laughs> you're almost guaranteed to be right. But it, it does happen in various parts of the country, not just the Northeast, not just in Massachusetts. So CDC website can give you information about where you should be concerned about contracting Lyme disease and where a tick bite might be more problematic. Stick with us. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about what Lyme disease actually does to you. What if you miss the tick bite altogether, uh, but you think you could have Lyme disease? Uh, what are the different symptoms and what should you do about them? Okay, and we're back. We are talking about tick bites, when you should be concerned about a tick bite, when you should consider taking antibiotics to prevent complications from a tick bite, and where in the country tick bites are more likely to result in conditions like Lyme disease. So Lyme disease is something that has been 
really over the last 10 years, uh, very much on the mind uh, of the American public. I think that it was kind of a rare and obscure condition for a while, and, and now people seem much more aware of it. Um, Mark, as you mentioned earlier, it's named for this town in Connecticut where it was first discovered, but now doctors see cases of it all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes you think that somebody might have Lyme disease, and how do we actually make the diagnosis? So there's a rash that we see in patients with Lyme disease. Uh, it's called erythema migrans, uh, and it actually occurs in about 80% of people who are infected. Uh, and it usually occurs within the first 30 days, actually usually in the first three, you know, three to 30 days after tick bites. And what exactly does it look like? So the classic rash of Lyme disease is called erythema migrans, and it actually occurs in about 80% of people who are infected. And it usually comes on your body uh, three to 30 days after your tick bite. Uh, It looks like a target lesion. And um, is there anything else that, I mean, for example, my kids have these red ring lesions on their skin occasionally that are ringworm. Those are red round lesions. What, What is it about this one that looks different and is so identifiable? So it usually begins at the site of the tick bite. Uh, and there's a red, basically it's a red dot in the middle surrounded by regular skin. And then after that, it's surrounded by more red circles. So sort of like the target ad. So it's uh, like, a, it, I see. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like going to the target store and looking at their, uh, their uh, ad anyway. Um, and it starts to expand and it starts to get bigger gradually over days. And it can actually reach as, uh, as big as a foot. So if you can't see, you know, something that's 12 inches on your body. <laughs> Thankfully, you've never had that problem. (laughs) So that's the rash of Lyme disease. Is that all it causes? No. So in the first, you know, 30 days, it can cause fever, chills, headache, fatigue, muscle and joint pain. And uh, you can actually have swollen lymph nodes around the, the area where you got the tick bite. Now, my ears perk up when I hear Lyme disease because it can cause heart complications as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, it can cause so, all know, sorts of problems with the heart's function and the electrical system yeah. in the heart. Why don't you let us yeah. know? So, you know, there's about. early signs of Lyme disease and there's later signs of Lyme disease. So, again, the early signs that happen in the first month is that typical rash that happens in 80% of people. It looks like a target lesion. Uh, it expands over a few days. You could actually have some other rashes that look just like it. Uh, right near the site of the tick bite, not just at the tight uh, site of the tick bite. Uh, and in the first 30 days, you can also have fever, chills, a lot of sort of like joint pains and uh, muscle pain. But the problem with Lyme disease is later after. So months later after your tick bite, you could actually have some severe uh, problems. And it's at that stage that's harder to treat. Uh, and some of the... Um, some of the symptoms you have might not go away so easily. So uh, some of the symptoms you worry about uh, months later are besides the um, really bad arthritis and joint pain. So particularly in the knees and some of your other large joints, uh, that could be a big reason why people have knee pain that's all of a sudden starting. It could be Lyme disease, a bite that you got like months earlier. And frequently you need to be on antibiotics for weeks to clear it from your system. and, And it can take a while for the joints to get better. Definitely. Once it gets to the second stage, you actually have to be on a prolonged course of antibiotics. Um, You know, other issues people have is a facial palsy. So all of a sudden you lose uh, the muscle tone on one side of your face and it almost looks like you had a stroke. Right. 
And in addition to that, you can also get heart complications. You can get abnormally slow heart rhythm. You can have a block between the top and bottom parts of your heart. And it's funny enough, whenever people come in and we're asking them all the questions about a slow heartbeat and thinking about whether they need a pacemaker or not, one of the questions that always gets asked is, have you been walking in the woods or in the tall grasses? Have you noticed a tick bite or a rash? And it's because uh, Lyme disease certainly it's a common cause of that problem in various parts of the country. And the heart will get better if you just treat the Lyme disease and you can usually avoid a pacemaker. Yeah, I actually, when I was a third year medical student, I was out in Morristown. uh, And actually, one of my patients had a very slow uh, heartbeat. And I actually said, let's do a Lyme test. And it turns out that the patient did have a Lyme disease and being treated with antibiotics was a treatment, not getting a pacemaker. So this pacemaker would have been put in this patient for clearly not needed reasons. And I'm sure that most, not most, but many doctors are not as careful as you when taking a history on such a patient. And I bet there's a lot of people out there who do get pacemakers uh, when in fact they had Lyme disease and should have just gotten treated for that. I hope you got honors in that rotation. (laughs) No, my resident really didn't like me. (laughs) Probably you (laughs) sleuthing that case made them like you even less. That's true. So Lyme disease, I think the bottom line is it can cause a lot of different symptoms ranging from general fever and chills to muscular aches to joint pains, which can vary through different parts of the body. Um, to heart disease that can be a little difficult to diagnose. And so there's definitely a lot of potential complications to Lyme disease. And the treatment is no picnic either. You're on this antibiotic for several weeks that can cause nausea and kind of other problems. So prevention is really the best thing as always. So make sure that you're looking yourself over for ticks, which I will start doing now that I'm down in the Carolinas where I actually do get to go outside and go for walks periodically, unlike in New York City, where I think I'm a little less likely to be bitten by a tick. And remember, you uh, also have to look for that target or bullseye lesion on your body. Right. All right. Well, I know that I'm going to enjoy my summer and having this knowledge, Mark. <laughs> and, you know, it's not just Lyme disease you can get. There's Rocky Mountain spotted fever. There's a, there's a whole slew of infections you can get from these uh, ticks, you know. So, you know, again, when you take a shower, see if you have any tick bites uh, or tick uh, actual ticks. Uh, if you could collect a tick, that's great because you could actually send it to the lab and they could actually see if it's a, a tick that actually is worrisome for Rocky Mountain spotted fever or Lyme disease. You should just drop the tick in an envelope and write CDC on it. <laughs> one stamp, correct? That's that's what you recommend? Actually, I have a horrible story. A patient I never met but knew me through somebody else called me from Cape Cod and asked me to call in the antibiotics, said that he actually noticed a tick on his scrotum. Am I allowed to use the word scrotum on the... <laughs> On this? You make the rules, Mark. Well, anyway, I think so you just did. He actually said he found one on a scrotum, and I said, I, "Like, how did it get there?" He said he was playing tennis with very short shorts. But anyway, <laughs> what? Uh, it turns Whoa. out. So I called. I have him. so many questions. Yeah, but first of all, is he playing tennis in three foot tall grass? I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> it seems just... like a not ideal place to bounce a tennis ball around. Or it could be actually, but anyway, the I point feel of like the story, there's more to the. I feel like there's more to this story. Well, this was a part of the story. So I called in his antibiotics, and obviously we tested him for Lyme disease later. But three days later, we get this uh, delivery, overnight delivery that was actually in um, one of those ice packs, and I'm like, that's so nice. He must have sent us lunch, you know, for like calling in his antibiotics. 
Turns out he sent us the actual tick. And I was like, I know where that tick has been. I am not touching that. <laughs> I told my assistant, please send that to the lab. And I wasn't going near that tick. Uh-huh. Well, I hope that patient got better. And I hope everyone learned a valuable lesson about rolling your scrotum around in the woods with no protection <laughs> on. Because among the various problems that you can get, uh, an errant piece of tree bark uh, or maybe an animal bite, you can also get a tick. I think he's going to take this part out. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's finish up. Okay, I think we're finished. All right, that's uh, that's all that we know about tick bites. We hope that information is helpful. We hope you enjoy the warm weather. We hope that you aren't afraid to go for walks in the woods, but just take some reasonable care to make sure you, you don't have a unwanted a visitor come home with you and if you do see a rash make sure that you treat it right away yeah uh and don't eat trail mix and don't eat trail mix okay guys bye-bye take care if you like the show be sure to subscribe leave a review follow us on social and tell all your friends to listen am i dying is a production of off script media our executive producer is matthew zachary andrew mcdowell is our senior producer Karen Lee is our production manager. Darren Tun is our production intern. Am I Dying is recorded, mixed, and edited by Ariel Nachman. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments and feedback. For more information, visit offscript.com. <laughs>